You're listening to The Message Talk Show, where your message matters. We interview purpose-driven, mission-centered speakers, authors, content creators, educators, passionate about what they do. Because passion brings change when you tell your story. Now put your hands together and welcome your host, Alex Gordon. The Message Talk Show is back, back again, back. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Yes, this is your host, Alex Gordon, speaking to you from London. Welcome again to the Message Talk Show. I can't believe Thursday is already here. It's amazing. The week just disappears in front of you and you're just racing away. So many things to do, so many things to put together. I'm sure you have the, it's the same for you with all the things and all the busy things you have to do. It takes time. But hey, I have a guest in house today. This is an amazing lady. This guest is so busy. But she took time out to come on to the Message Talk Show. And uh, before we start the show this morning, I just wanted to say hello there. <laughs> Hi, Alex. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Pearl Jarrett is with us this morning. She's with us this morning and she has got so much to give, so much to unpack today, so much, all in such a short space of time. But how are you feeling this morning? Ah, just energetic, happy happy to be alive in this moment in time happy to be alive i i I, I think i think it's one of those moments in our lives when 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 we when we can reflect and think my thank god i woke up this morning morning." because there is there is so much to do and so much happening and so much happening to other people in the pandemic Correct. We must must give thanks. So thank you for coming on to the show today, Dr. Pearl Jarrett. Thank you for being with us. (laughs) It's my pleasure. uh, Yeah, we've got some awesome stuff to kick off with with this morning. But just before I kick off with the show, let me just play my, you know, I like producing stuff, right? So every so often I produce something, right? And I think, oh, this is awesome. I I need to play this and my audience is going to see this. So let's just jump into this and come back to you. The Message Talk Show is back, back again, back. Dr. Pearl Jarrett is a businesswoman. Dr. Pearl Jarrett is a singer. She's an actress. Dr. Pearl Jarrett is a model. Wow. And among that, she's a mother, the mom of three. And to the world, she's known as mom. This woman has a massive profile. She's known as mom to the world. The amount of children involved in her life, she is known as mom. But wait, wait, that's not it for me. That's not it for me. Wait for this. She's the CEO of the Jarrett Foundation. No. Let's put this. She's the group CEO. So you know there's a there's a there's an empire there. There's the group CEO of Jarrett Foundation. Now wait for this one. She is the disruptive change maker. Oh, when I read that one, I thought, my God, that is awesome. The disruptive change maker. That just synchronizes with, with, with my mission-centered and passionate individuals changing the world. Yeah. Dr. Jarrett, where did that name come from? The disruptive change maker. Oh my gosh. 
I was trying to find a name that describes who I am, not what I do, because my what I do is is I'm the CEO of the Jarrett Foundation. That's my function. That's what I do. But that's not who I am. And I needed to find a word that describes the very essence of who Pearl is. And and I, I was reading some things. And it was talking about you know the people who come in and they they do things like Uber and they come in and they they disrupt the whole way that we take cabs. They completely change it so that we we think oh well we we won't go back to just kind of hailing some random car on the street anymore. You know, and, and now we can track it on our phones and they come to our house and we can pay in advance. It's disruptive. You've wow. just changed everything, you know, and you've got people like Netflix who just come in and disrupt the way we watch TV. You know, we don't, you know, they're, you know, out the window with blockbuster video and out the window with this and out the window of that because they completely changed everything. And I thought, that's what I do. I, I, I look at things and I think, why is that like that? We could change that. We could change that. And then one day I was watching CNN and I saw some people just changing up everything in, in Africa. And they were, and the program was called Changemakers. And I thought, that's who I am. I'm a disruptive change maker. That's who, that's the essence of who I am. So that from that day, I just thought, you asked me who I a Pearl Jarrett. Disruptive change. <laughs> the disruptive change. I'm, I'm, and, and you're so right because when Uber came, uh-huh. for a long time, I didn't know anything about Uber. And it was my son. No, me neither. People talking about Uber. It was my son I saw taking taxes and I thought, where do you get the money to pay taxes and, and cabs? And he said um, his friend shared a, a, a link with him and he gets a discount. He gets a free ride in an Uber. And he did it several times. And I thought, Wow, I, I am missing something here. I thought, I don't know what's going on. Somebody explained to me what this Uber is. I don't get it. And then since then, I'm just like, when I need to go to a shoot, you know, they said, you know, are you going to, I says, yeah, I've ordered my Uber for tomorrow morning for, you know, this and that. And I'm just good. And I'm just thinking, what did we do? What did we do before Uber? And and then you're going to think, you know, what did I do before this? Or what did I do before that? Because somebody has to go in and say, now I'm I'm ripping up this playbook. I'm throwing wow. it out the window, and we're now doing it like this. Wow! You just made a profound statement. <laughs> what What did we do before Uber? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. if you take away the Uber from there, and mm-hmm. you say, "What did we do before the Jarrett Foundation?" Yeah, what did we do before any of these things that we yeah. look at now that we're doing? I'm just thinking because. People like to just do things the way they've always been done. And this phrase, if it's not broke, don't fix it, is a nonsense. It's a nonsense. It's, it's a, a nonsense. complete nonsense. <laughs> Throw it out the window. Throw it out the window. Throw it out the window, man, because it's a complete nonsense. No, we've grown a generation like that. We've grown a generation like that, yeah. telling them things yeah. like that. If it's yeah. not broke, don't fix it. And we, we become sheep. We just wow. walk along and we follow and we... Do things like everybody else, and we go with the, with the flow. Wow! If you're going to be a world changer, you can't go with the flow. You have to swim upstream oh. like salmon. And you know, something inside of you is telling you that you should be doing it different. Absolutely. 
Absolutely, because you're frustrated. Oh, you're, you're totally and completely frustrated walking along with the rest of the sheep, and you look at it every single day, going, "I hate this." Wow. I hate marching at the beat of the sheep. Wow. And you think to yourself, number one, that's a rubbish way of doing it. Number two, I want to march to my own drum. Yes. I want to march to the beat of my yes. own drum. And I want to determine what I do. And I can do that better. So I don't want to march this way. So you turn around and go the other way. Well, you know, immediately that's going to upset some people because you're getting in the way, you're bumping into them. It's like, why can't you turn around and go the way everybody else is going? So I don't want to go that way. Hey, wait for this. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to be turning around and going in the opposite direction? And who did you ask? And who approved it? And who wrote you the check? And who prayed about it and said, the Lord said, you And that's so terrible. And when you ask people for permission, when you ask people for permission, what happens? They say no. Hey. <laughs> they say no. Hey, pray about no. your own life. Your own life, you're asking for permission. So this is why I decided consciously to take my life back. Wow. And Alex, I decided one day, I said, I you know when this GDPR thing, you can go onto an email and you can just unsubscribe. That means don't send me no more of your emails. Don't tell me what you're doing. I'm not interested. I'm not involved. I'm not involved. I unsubscribe to anybody or anything that dictates to me how Pearl should be. Wow. Because I'm created to be. Not just to do, not just to exist, but to be. And I need to be that person that I've been created to do. So why be that person I've been created to be? So why do I need to ask your permission to be me? Wow. That's that's a madness. So I just decided I'm taking my life back. I'm going to decide what I do. I'm going to decide how I think. I'm going to decide to march to the beat of my own drum. I'm going to decide to listen to the voice of God. And he says, take a left, I take a left. And if he says, take a right, I take a right. And if he says, stand still and do nothing, then I stand still and do nothing. Because sometimes you just need to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You know, you just need to just be still. But I have the power to just be me. And that is the most liberating, the most freeing thing I have ever done, ever, ever. And it's caused me to accelerate in everything I do because I don't need to ask you your permission. What do you think about this? And do you think I'm good enough? Do you think I should go for that? Do you think I'll do And they says, no, nah, that's not really for you. And you go, oh, you don't think so? Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. That's, wow, that's so amazing. That's amazing. So where did it begin for you? Where did it all start? Where did it all start? It started 2005. I got diagnosed with cancer. So um, after the fight of my life, I decided, and I, I fought and won, and, and I thought to myself, I've got another chance. 
I've got a second chance. I'm one of these people that have got second chance. A lot of people went down the road I went down and never came out the other end. But God was fit to allow me to come out the other end. So I thought, okay, I have to live my life now and I've got to make it count. I can't, I can't just go about my life daily, plod along my life the way I was doing it before. I do something, not do it. I do something 50%, you know, if it works, it doesn't work, you know, whatever, case okay, sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. And I'm just like, no, I'm so, I am so not that person anymore. So I decided from that day I would become intentional. Wow. Everything I did is because I intended to do it. I meant to do it, and I meant to do it well, and I meant to win. So from that day, I have become, as I said, very intentional, very, I set my sights on something. I don't ever, 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 ever go into anything thinking, suppose I fail. My God. <laughs> Never. Never, 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 ever, because as far as I'm concerned, I have nothing to lose. I could have been dead. I have nothing to lose. A lot of people as well, they don't go into things because they think, well, if I fail, then people will laugh. <clears throat> I don't care if you laugh. They laugh. <laughs> it's a free country. Go ahead, laugh. Knock yourself out. I don't care because I don't want to be sitting down telling my woulda, coulda, shouldas Ooh. later Ooh. in my life because I think you might laugh. Before that date, then that significant date in your life, yeah, yeah. you were going with the flow. You, just going you, you, with were, the flow. you were doing everything with the flow, with the sheep, just doing things, just surviving, just being there, just everything everybody else does, and you just kind of just go with it, really, and no effort, really, no real purpose, nothing. You just get up go to work, go to church, come on, watch TV, and do it all again the next day. Oh my God. Sunday weekend you go to church and then you do it all again the next week. And I'm just not doing that anymore. It's like, no. Um, when I think to myself that I could have been gone, I'm thinking, why am I here? Why am I here? Why has God allowed me to still be here? He must have a reason that I'm still here. And, and the reason I have decided in my head is because I need to accomplish something. And every day I try and find out what that something is. And every day I find out that there is more in me than I even imagined. So, now, when I first started, when I, when I, in 2005, when I said, I'm going to start the Jarrett Foundation, and I started this international children's charity, I thought that was it. Until I started to dig some more inside and I found out, oh, look what I found. I found this. Maybe this is what God wants me to do as well. And then I dug some more and I dug some more. And I found out, Alex, that, you know that parable when Jesus told, he said he gave some one talent and he gave some three talents. I think he gave one five, I believe. I, I have absolutely no idea how many talents I have buried in me. I have no idea. I, I keep, when I dig, I feel like I've got this big spade and I dig. 
and I dig and I find something else and I go, oh, what's that? And I realise that God put something else down in there. And I would never have been on this journey of reinvention had I just been following the sheep down the road. Wow. Wow. So every time you you dig, you find something. Every time you dig. dig. Every time. Every time I dig deep and I look and and I find something else and I think, oh, so that's why I like film. That's why I love, that's why I'm such a film buff. Wow. Maybe. Maybe I could be an actress. And then that opens a whole another door. And then and then and then God shows me, so it's like, yeah, and that's why you like this, and that's why you like that, and that's why you find that cool. And I think, wow, is it? And, I, and when people say, Oh, I wouldn't do that because that's not me, I put it to you, you don't really know what's you. Wow. You don't know. You have no idea. You are doing something. You are being, you're, you've got a, like a secretarial job or, or an accountancy job or whatever your job is, and that's your job. But do you really know what God has planted oh. deep inside of you? My. And until you decide to, on purpose, start digging and find out what those things are, you do your job. That's what you do. My God. So you have to decide yourself. You have to decide. You have to decide. You can't just stumble. Okay, things that think there are clues. There are clues. There are things that kind of, you know, man, I tell you, I could just, when I see that building, I see different shapes and I see this and I see that. and And you don't know why you're attracted to shapes of buildings and this and that. And you, because... Maybe God, there's something inside you that's connected to architecture or design wow. or something, but you're doing a secretarial job. There are there are clues. What are the things that just no matter what, it could be five years from now, you look at something and go, Do you know what? Look at that. What I would do is I would change that and I would put that on top. I put a spire on the top. Da, da, da. Those are clues. There's a clues. You could go into a house and you could do and, and you, you know designing is that I could redesign this room, you know, and I would put pink over there and this is the, the cushions I would put there and blah, blah, blah. You could, there's a seed in there somewhere mm. about interior design that God has placed in there, but you, you haven't dug it, you haven't dug it up yet. So it's just, it gives you, it, what it does, it gives you little glimpses. Every now it comes up and it goes, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I don't know where you're joining us from this morning. I don't know where you're joining us from this morning, but we're talking to Dr. Pearl Jarrett about how to reinvent yourself, your career and your business. And she says, you get snippets, you get snippets, snippets. You, you know those things that disturb you? You know those things you, it's coming up in your mind and you're thinking, woulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda, coulda, shoulda. And you, and you put them away, you put them away because you think, oh, I can't really do that, I ain't got time. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. You, and, you, and you're, you're, you're wanting more and you're sitting there and you and you feel the discomfort, but you're not. Oh, worse than that, you're praying for more. Oh, oh, oh my God. You're praying for more, you're giving for more, you're dancing in church for more, you're turning around, spinning around and touch your neighbor. And then God, <laughs> and then God goes, Boop. and you look at it and you go, oh, I haven't got time, I haven't got time. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. That's not me. And God goes, honestly, I had this vision one day of God just going, 
Wow. Wow. <laughs> You've given us so much. And you're saying that's not for me. Mm-mm, that's not for me. That's not me. I, I, I don't do okay. that. That's not for me. Let, let's jump into your mind, yeah? What, <laughs> what was the shift in your mindset? Because there's, there's thousands of people listening to the show right now who are where you were several years ago. Mm-hmm. And they're in the rut. They're in the routine. They're in the mechanics of life. They're in the daily rut of life, living and surviving. And don't think there's anything else, but they feel something. What was the shift in mindset? What was it? For me, it was two things that happened that drastically changed the trajectory of my life. Where I was going that way, and then it came and it made me go that way. One was cancer. I literally, I had a, I had a really successful business consultancy. And I was a consultant for the government business link. And I, I was working with people at board level SMEs and it was bringing in a lot of money to be fair for what I was actually doing. <laughs> and, and I hated it. I just hated it because I just felt so unfulfilled. I'd sit there and just think, oh God, I'm so bored. And then, and then once cancer hit, I just thought I'm, I'm not doing a job for money, just for money anymore. I need to feel fulfilled. I need to feel that my life counts for something. I don't want to just be born and live and die. And that's it. No. I need what, to, what, I, what would I do? What would I do in my life? I need While to feel fulfilled. I, need to I, feel fulfilled. Needed, I needed to feel fulfilled. I needed to feel that my life had purpose. Wow. It wasn't just about money, because as far as I'm concerned, you do something well, money will find you. If you're just working for money, you have got the lowest, 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 lowest bit. You can imagine just this huge tree and you've got that bit if you're working for money. If you do something that you enjoy and that you feel, oh, my God, this is the reason I get up in the morning and you do it well, money will find you. Wow. Money will find you. Because there's always somebody that goes, do you know what? I want you because you do that really well and I could use somebody like you. So it can't be just about, if you're just working, it's just about money, you've missed it. You've missed it. So that was the first thing I thought, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be that person anymore. I've got to have a reason to be excited to get up in the morning. The second thing that (laughs) changed my life was the day I decided I'm leaving my church. So that's the very controversial part of my story. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. That's sacrosanct there. You've gone sacrosanct. Wow. The day you decided to leave mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. church where you were for yeah. several years? Yeah, many, 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 many years. I'm not going to name the church, but obviously oh, no. I was there for a very long time and I was in ministry there and everything, but I found it. I kept saying to my husband, and this was years before George Floyd, years and years wow. and years before George, I used to come home and go, I can't breathe. Wow. I can't breathe. And I says, I just, I, can't. I says, I just, I need to be able to just inhale and exhale. And I can't, I feel as if, I feel as if I've been stifled. I feel like I'm being strangled. I just can't breathe. Everything was just, no. Why don't we, no. Well, but we could, no. And I just, do this anymore and you do it 
you know what? You do it because you feel, I want to be in ministry. I want to be useful. I want to just be obedient. I want to. And then you have all these things. And then I remember sitting there one day. And I felt so suffocated. My shoulders were bent over like this. And I just felt like I was drowning. And I just said, I'm done. So you were asking for permission for your own life? I was asking for my own life. And the day I decided, and there was no drama. There was no, I'm working out. I'm done. <laughs> Slam the door. And I'm never coming back. There was no drama. There was no, no, there was nothing like that. I just, I just literally put my, my, my bag over my shoulder. And when they, they, they dismissed church that day and I left, I walked through the door and I said, I'm done. So let's dissect this then, because there are things in our life where we've outgrown it. We've outgrown something and, in our um, life. That's exactly what happened. I had outgrown it, but I was still there because I was dedicated. I was dedicated and I felt, but I, you know, I want to stay. I want to serve. I want to do that. I want to do that. And, but the feeling of, as we said earlier, marching down with the sheep and your frustrated beyond frustrated because you know for sure you what you actually want to do is turn around and go that way wow let, let, let me just let me just repeat that let me just repeat that dr pearl jarrett because <laughs> what you're saying to people out there is that they have outgrown their situation they've outgrown where they where they are right now they yeah. have grown where they think they're planted and mm -hmm. for some reason there's no shift and the frustration is just building and building and building. And this thing about planted in a chest, I stayed because I thought I was planted in a, and, 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 and we are made to believe if you uproot from the place that you are planted, you cannot survive anywhere else. Oh my God. Whereas God has told us, he's shown us so many examples where people have thrived in a desert thrived in 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 a in a in a um and uh what we call it pandemic today but in a plague you know and all these kind of things and, and you just think to yourself if i've got god on my inside surely i can thrive anywhere and and it's piecing the bits together and immediately you you, you it doesn't come to you immediately because as i said you're dedicated and and you think well, I'm planted here, and there's a, and it takes you a while to realise that maybe I've outgrown. Okay, I I during the lockdown I started planting some things in my garden, and I started putting things. I had things in pot plants, and they really wouldn't grow very much because they were in these potted plants, and um, they're in these these small pots. Um, but then I started to take them out of the pots. And then just put them in the garden so that the roots could now do this. Oh. And I realized that you could be planted somewhere, but your roots are now pressing God. up against the wall of the pot. Oh my so you God. need to be replanted somewhere else where you can spread. And I'm telling you, God is speaking to me about simple things just in the garden, and I'm just like. Wow. That's what's happened to me. I took the courage of saying, I'm going to allow God to pull me up from this 
pot and just replant me somewhere. But instead of inside a pot, just in the garden. Wow. And my roots have literally, and I mean literally, just done this, just, just gone that way, that way, that way, and that way, because they're not pressing up against the wall of the pot anymore. And I'd realized that you can be planted in a place where God put you there. He, he did genuinely put you there. It wasn't a mistake, but you've just outgrown it. Wow. And now you need to be replanted somewhere else so you can grow. Wow. Because you can't grow where you are because you're just, there's nowhere to go. Where are you going to go? Where are your roots going to go? There's no way to go. There's no way to go. Man, I have to just just sit still for a second for this one, you know, to just digest here. I have to sit still for a second just to absorb what you've just said because there are so many people Mm -hmm. where their their roots are are trying to, trying trying to, to, to go deep, trying to go wide, and they can't move, they can't shift, they can't because... They don't There's realize. Nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. And it's not because God didn't plant you there. He did plant you there. But now your roots are too big for the pot. Oh, I remember, I remember, was it a few months ago, probably six months ago, I heard a, 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 this gentleman speak. And um, this was a young guy, um, Mr. Wint, Mr. Bevan Wint. And he, and he said this. He said, there is a season in which you grow in certain places. Mm-hmm. There is a season in which you you operate, and when that when that when the season is over for that time, you mm-hmm. have to acknowledge the season's over. Correct. So, so when the season's over and you need to be replanted somewhere else, you've got to make that decision. You just got to make the decision. It's not your lead. It's not the leadership of the organisation in which you are. It's not their decision to make. It's yours. It's yours. And and if you get enough courage to just say, it's time for me to be replanted in somewhere that I can So where did your courage come from then? Where did your courage come from when when you made that decision, when you went home and you you felt the frustration and you made that push? Where did that courage come from? Because I couldn't be suffocated anymore. I literally literally felt like I couldn't breathe. I, I, I would I would be fine outside, but then literally there was this ramp that you walk up to go into oh. the church. And, and as I would walk up the ramp, it was almost like, and then now you feel, and then your shoulders dump over and your head drops. And then you just think to yourself. Wow. I have a I have a word of encouragement coming for you. I have a word of encouragement coming for you from the from from outside. Okay, Michael Erler just said, "Have a great show." I'm on staycation. Okay, Michael. Carol Pike has just said, "Thank you, Pearls. I needed your reminder today. I needed your reminder today. I needed your reminder today." Oh my God! Um, too. She said she's a disruptor as well. Ah, yes, Carol. Isn't that amazing? Love that. Love There are, there are so many people out there feeling what you're just talking about. Imagine now. Imagine you, you're in a pot and you come out and you're now in a big garden. Imagine the things that you could do just by getting up in the morning. I think I'll do this. I think I'll do that. 
I think I, and you just let your mind race. And then you start putting things in place and putting your goals in place. And then you start to knock them over one by one. And then you look back over your life two, three years later and you think, oh, wow, look how far I've come. Look what I've built. Look how I've stretched. Look how many people I've impacted. Because you didn't ask, you don't have to ask anybody's permission to be you anymore. Wow. You could just be. It's wonderful. You didn't have to ask any. So, okay, now tell me this now then. How did you see yourself? Because th there was a shift in the way you saw yourself before and after. Mm -mm, no. I would be sitting in church and I would see, what I told remember? Glimpses. Wow. God would show me glimpses of things and I would see myself. I'll give you an example. Um, Years ago, I got a prophetic word that I'd be working with governments around the world. So every now and again, I would see it. I would literally, I would see it. And, and but then, you know, you're, you're doing your mundane job and you think to yourself, me, me, you know. But then remember, God knows what he's put inside you. So he, it's not, it's not, God is not surprised about anything. God is not traumatized by anything, you know. God is, he is just not. Because it's like, yeah, well, I, I knew COVID was coming. Well, yeah. I knew what's inside of you, yeah. I, I know what, I know what's going to happen 10, 20, 100 years from now. So just get on with it, you know. We are the ones that are shocked by stuff, not God. But God will show you these glimpses because he's, just trying to get your attention to say, this is you, this is you, this is you. So I would sit in church and I'd be, one of those times when I would just be, oh, I can't breathe. And then I would see something and I would go, God, you know, I just, how am I going to get there? How am I going to get there? Because you think to yourself, I can't get there. In my present state, I can't get there. But then... When when I finally got uprooted myself and put myself in a garden, now when I see it, now I can do something about it. Wow. Now I think, oh, there's that thing again. And then I start Googling and I say, oh, I wonder what that means. And I, literally sometimes God will give me one word and I think, I don't even know what that means. Google it. Google it. Oh. Oh, is that what? Oh, oh, is that this? Oh, there's this webinar about that, and you go and sit in on that free. <laughs> Actually, now you know every you can have to pay to go to these conferences and blah blah. Now everything's free. It's online. Free webinars, access to things you would never have access to before. And you think to yourself, so now I'm I'm cooking and I'm my frying my fish yesterday, and I'm watching webinars from around the world, <laughs> connected to what God has put in my heart. And I'm just thinking, ah, oh, and I'm making notes. I'm thinking, really? And I'm frying the fish and I'm going, really? And, <laughs> and it's all it's doing is cutting a path for me to get wow. to where I'm going. That's what it's doing. And then now I'm literally working with governments. That thing that I saw, it's it's happening right now, right now. You always saw it. You always, always saw it. Always. It was in front of you. Mm -hmm. 
But I didn't know how I was going to get there because I couldn't see how I was going to reach there because there was a disconnect between where I was and where I was trying to get to because let's, my let's, let's audience out there we need to tell the audience out there that what they're seeing is not a nightmare what they're seeing Correct. they're seeing things that they can't reach at the moment they're seeing things that they can't touch but it's there in front of them for a reason and they're seeing things that if they was to tell somebody they would laugh oh wow that big so what, what god's put inside of you is that big because what god's put inside of you is completely different to how you look today it's like God saying to, 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 to um, I can't remember who, the name of him now, and he said to him, you are a mighty man of valor. But he was cowering at the time when God says, you're a mighty man of valor, because God knows, God sees you in the future. So he knows you're a mighty man of valor, even though you're, you're cowering in, in, in the corner. So every time God gives you something and he shows it to you, you would go, oh, and it, I guarantee you, it's something that if you was to tell somebody else, they would go, yeah, whatever. I think you I think cheese before you went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> you oh. cannot share your dream and vision with everybody. You can't your do dream it. and vision is not for everybody. Can't do it. Can't do it. How do you decide? You can't do it. How do you share it with? Who do you share it with then? You have to find, if you have, my mum always just said, if you have two good friends, you've done well. Wow. If, you, if you just have two, you need at least two people that are your cheerleaders. If you said to them, I want to be an astronaut, they would go, woo, go astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care, they're just behind you. Whatever, they, whatever you say, they go, yeah. Yeah, my husband is one, and I've got I've got a couple of other people. I've got about three people. Who are if, your cheerleaders? Who's cheerleaders? Yeah, who are your cheerleaders? I'm so blessed. My husband is my is my cheerleader. It, it, no matter what crazy idea I come up on, I tell him he'd go, yeah, okay. So, okay, what are you gonna do first? Where are you gonna start? Where are you gonna get information? How are you gonna put it together? How are you going to build this plan? Da, 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 da. It's very, very kind of, okay, let's put one step in front of the other. Let's make this happen. You've got to have those people. Stay away from anybody who you tell them your plan and they laugh. Wow. You tell them your, your, your dream and they put you down or they trample on it. And they do not tell them your dream ever again. And I mean ever. And stay away from them. Use them for just... Hey man, tell a little joke, tell a little joke, da, 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 da. but don't tell them your vision. They're vision killers. Oh, oh. Stay away from vision killers and dream eaters. Stay oh. away from them. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Let me come to this. I'm making a right. Let me write this down right now. <laughs> Stay away from dream eaters. Dream eaters. Dream eaters. Vision killers. Vision killers. Stay away from them. You can have, still have them around you, but just uh, you know, say a little joke, you know, a little, little something, something, and then move on. Okay. I'm not saying blank them, I'm not saying being horrible to them, not to them, but you have to be able to know these are my confidants, these are my people, them, <laughs> and your confidence and not your people, them.
Your people, them, are the ones you can go and sit around and laugh and kick, kick, kick at the barbecue and blah, blah, blah. But your confidence, the people that are close to your heart, those are the ones you tell your dream and your vision because those people can hold it. They might not have nothing to do with it, but at the end of the day, they can. when you're down, they can go, do you know what? If God showed it to you, you keep going. And it might be just one word they say to you and you think to yourself, do you know what? You're right. You're right. Wow. Friends, we're talking about how to reinvent yourself, your career and your business today. We're talking about how to reinvent. And sometimes when we talk about these things, they sound so far away. But what Dr. Pearl Jar is saying us today, that it's not far away from you. You're always seeing, number one, you're always seeing what the future looks like for you. Mm -hmm. You're always seeing what the future, because you get snippets. You get snippets in your heart, snippets in your mind. They're always there. Number two, number two, when you outgrow somewhere, make a decision. (laughs) When you outgrow somewhere, make a decision. That decision is utmost important for your own future. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't make that decision yourself, you'll become a dream killer yourself. Oh, my God. (laughs) You become your own dream killer. Oh, your own dream killer. Number three, stay away from people that when you tell them your dream, they laugh. Laugh at you. They laugh at you. Number four, find cheerleaders in your life. (laughs) Cheerleaders in your life. That's right. That's utmost. So these things are around us every day and it just requires us to make a decision. Yep. to shift in our mindsets. And that's why I'm 58 now. <laughs> Let's try to remember how old I am. And I've been reinventing myself in my 50s. All the time I say I'm reinventing myself. And all I'm actually doing, Alex, is digging. Wow. And I'm digging finding out. something else. And I'm saying, oh, I didn't wow. know that was there. So number five, the gold is inside of you. Dig, dig, dig. It's inside of you. Number five, the gold is inside of you. The gold is not in America. The gold is not in China. The gold is not in Japan. The gold is inside of you. You got it. Everything you need is inside of you. Everything, every single thing. It's a seed. Wow. We pray for trees. Wow. Every time you pray for a tree, God gives you a seed. Wow. He doesn't give you the tree. He gives you the seed. And the seed creates the tree. Everything comes in seed form. You just need to find the seed inside of you and bring it up. And when you find it, this is why the Bible says, do not despise the day as a small beginnings. Because your seed is going to be that big. But then you plant it in something, you water it every day, you look after it, you pray over it, you make decisions to watch seminars and webinars and this and you, and, you, and then it grows. Wow. And then it grows. And then it grows. And then you look at it one day and you think, oh, it's a tree. It was always a tree. But it came in seed form. And it's inside you. You said it's not in America. It's not about moving to somewhere. It's not about getting up and moving to another country. It's about digging, finding 
those things where you are. I I don't I don't. If I was to list all the all the things that I am, and, and sometimes I forget half of them. But because I and I'll dig next week or this week or this afternoon and find something else, I'll just oh I become that. I didn't know that was in there. Wow. I've produced plays I've, during the during during. During lockdown, I've written my own musical theatre production. I'm now musical theatre producer. Last year, I produced I produced um, a theatre production in the West End. I'm now a conference speaker. I'm going to do it. They just they just keep coming up as I find them. They keep coming up, and I and I think oh, and I reinvent myself again. Is that thinking? Is that me, or is that you? No. I'm just just seeing what it was. Wow, wow, well, hey, hey man, nothing's going to disrupt this this morning, man. We, 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 we ain't going to be disrupted from this, man, because what you're saying is such a profound truth. Now, during this time, was there much family support? How did you get support from your family, Nish? My immediate family, I've got a husband and three kids. They are my cheerleaders. <laughs> they are my cheerleaders. So... My husband more so, he's the chief cheerleader. <laughs> and then my daughter is the assistant chair of the cheerleading society. <laughs> and then my, my boys, my twin boys bring up the rear. But they are like my confidants, apart from maybe one or two other people that I can maybe talk to outside of my house. But my, I would say that my, my, other family members, my brothers, my sisters, and uncles and aunties and stuff. I, they're they're, they're my people, them section. They're my barbecue people. <laughs> but my but my my husband and my children, I could tell them anything, and they would go, "Oh my gosh!" And then they would just go with it. They never go. They used to. They used to go. Hmm, yeah, what was it? You think? Uh, but they've 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 now seen. But once mum, once she says, oh, do you know what I'm going to do this? They just go, oh, okay, you're all right again. <laughs> Let's run with this. This is amazing. Let's run with this. This is amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is amazing. So who are, who, who, who are the mentors that you look up to? Who are the mentors that you look up to? T.D. Jakes. Immediately, T.D. Jakes. Why, why, why T.D. Jakes? He is... Not just a not just someone who runs a church, but he's somebody who runs a foundation. Yeah. He is an author. Yeah. He um, um, writes and produces movies. You know, he puts on woman thou art loose conferences to help women. He's just he's just somebody who like digs and digs and You're gonna make me cry now. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> Last night I looked at a video, one of TD Jakes' videos, mm -hmm. and I, I, I thought about bringing a clip in today. And and the clip, the 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 message he was speaking was transition. Was transition. There was two transition and how to fight back. So I'm going to come back to you with how to fight back before we close. Mm -hmm. But he talked about transitioning. There you go. How to transition. There you and go. And I didn't, I, I looked at it and thought, yeah, but I thought, oh God, time's against me. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do too much work to bring it in. So I'm sorry I didn't bring it in, but wow. Transitioning. Yeah. Transitioning. That's, that's Correct. 
transition. Absolutely. And all you're doing by transitioning is literally going from one seed to the next seed, to the next seed, to the, and if you do that, you'll never get stuck. Because if, if, if you're trying to, if I'm trying to get an acting role and I'm hitting a brick wall, then I can just come back to the Jarrett Foundation and talk to government. And I could just write my own play and put in my own production in the West End. You can never get stuck because there's so much in you. You just, you'll just I'll just activate this one today and I'll activate that one or I'll activate that one. How can you stop me? If, if you realize who you are and what you have, you'll realize you are completely unstoppable. Completely and totally. That's why people, when they stand in your way and say, you'll never work again in this town, or whatever it is they feel that they could stop you from doing something, I'll just reinvent something else, activate another thing that I can see, and go down the road with that one. You don't get to, you don't get to, stop me you don't get to control my life you don't know who i am you don't know who i am <laughs> i am so fearfully and wonderfully made you have no idea <laughs> people think they know you people they know you <laughs> that's the thing that makes me laugh all the time because people think they know you oh pearl uh i know uh yeah no you know this bit about me. You don't know all these things about me. You know none of them. So when you see me do that, you go, uh, yeah, well, it was always there. You just didn't see it. And I can be that in a minute. I can switch. I can go from being in a meeting with the government to learning my lines for a movie on the way home in my Uber to... <laughs> <laughs> to do something else completely you know speaking and getting ready for my speaking engagement just what one one to the other one to the other move from one to, transitioning just transitioning okay okay you you've just said it you have to transition to bring the transformation correct because but you have to decide to do that you're transforming people's lives wow yeah, you have to decide to do that. That doesn't happen by itself. You decide today, that's that's not happening for me. And I've hit a little bit of a brick wall here. So I'm going to transition over here and I'm going to make this one happen today. And oh, this one's happening very nicely. There's no obstacles in that way. So you push that one and then you push that one. Wow. And it's all about scheduling. If you just all, if you have a diary, you can live as many lives as you want to live. <laughs> Is you know what? Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. How can I, I have to focus? You can focus. So people say, but, but oh, I, don't you focus? Yes. And I put this is the time in my diary that I'm going to write my script. This is the time in my diary that I'm going to prepare for my for my speaking engagement. This is the time when I'm going to do this. Some time other, and then you schedule things, and you focus on the thing that you're doing at that point. And then, all right, and then next Friday, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do this. Wow. Carol and said, it's, Carol, it's, not, it's not rocket science. Carol said, look what happened when Joseph told his dream. Look what happened when he told his dream. You can't shut out your dream to every and everybody. You can't do it. Carol says, she has to go, but I will connect with you. All right. She's been following <laughs> you. She's been following you today. Okay. You know, this is amazing. <laughs> 
So you, you said one of your mentors is Dr. T, um, T.D. Jakes. Yes. Do you have any new ones? Were they, were they, were, do you have mentors for when you're transitioning? Do you have mentors for different phases of your life? Or how does it work with you? Do you know what? I have really tried. Actually, I haven't tried very hard, to be fair. <laughs> but I meant to try. I meant to try to get some mentors that I know that I can sit down and have one-to-ones with. And and lots of people swear by them. I haven't done that, and I can't mean to, but I just find that within my house, I've just got everything I need. Right. So I've not been able to, you know, I've, I've, I think to myself, maybe I should get, and, I, and it's something I'm thinking about, maybe I should still get somebody outside who doesn't know me, who's not as invested, who I could sit down and talk to and maybe, but, you know, honestly, honestly, I've I've got four cheerleaders in my house, so I I tend, I tend to kind of just use those. To be fair, hey, it's, it's mm. all in your house. Oh, yeah, it's in my house. Yeah, I posted something on Facebook about your son, your son's success. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, my son. They gave him one week to live he had cancer as well he had leukemia and we could not find a match he needed a bone marrow transplant and we couldn't find one anywhere globally and um we did a we did we did god said to do a global day of prayer for kieran and we did we did a global day of prayer and everybody we kept putting it out and people kept sharing it it was shared i, I, I just i don't understand it was shared this is this is not likes, okay? This is not likes, right. and this is not. Oh, it was shared. <laughs> I keep saying this over six hundred times. I don't understand. I don't understand. I say the words, and I don't understand. I, I just think the Holy Spirit just took it on on just took it and just breathed on it, and it just went. And people, every continent of the world were praying. The people, Australia. One lady in Australia said, who is Kieran Jarrett? I've got this request now four times. You know, there was people, there was people in mosques saying we're, we're praying for Kieran Jarrett. The people, there were people in, a, um, 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 just Muslims, just every, everywhere you turned. People was praying, and we had this day of prayer, and and Kieran, I, I sat there, and I said, "Okay, God, today's the day," and I literally sat there and stayed at Kieran like this, and I had some food, like I was watching a movie, and I said, "Okay, do, do your thing, God," and I watched. I kid you not, Kieran's skin color changed before my eyes. And he sat up and he hadn't eaten for six weeks. Nothing for six weeks. His whole body looked like that. And he was the color of my hair. And I watched, it was almost like God just dripped his blood into Kieran until by the end of the evening, Kieran looked more like my color because he's my color. And he sat up and he said, I'm really hungry. Can I have something to eat? And they brought him dinner. He ate the chicken and he said, can I have a bit more chicken? I just feel really hungry. They brought him more food and he sat up and he ate. And by Wednesday, he was up and about. 
and they discharged him. And then a week later, a baby was born in Germany and the umbilical cord that we women throw away <laughs> when we have our children, they tested the umbilical cord and it was a match. So they flew the umbilical cord to the Royal Marsden and they took out the stem cells and gave them to Kieran. And why Kieran is still here. And then this week, he no, before and then he started trading Forex on his phone in his bed. And then this week, an investment company approached him and said, I've been watching you and what your posts and what you're doing. You're doing really, really well. We'd like to invest in you. We'd like to invest a hundred thousand into you as a wow. test, as a test. And if you continue to do well, we're going to invest more into you because you're doing so well. We want you to be one of our traders from his bed. Because I'd go in there and say, Kim, you're not going to get up. It's the afternoon. You're not going to get up. You'd be like, I'm working. I'm like, working? Are you working? Are you working? And you're like, what kind of work are you doing? <laughs> what do you mean? And you're like, what kind of work are you doing in your bed? I'm working, mum. I'm on my phone. I'm trading. I'm working on my phone, mum. I'm working on my in, in, not on, in his bed covers working. To, to the fact that now companies have seen him throwing money at him. Nobody but God. That's, That's an amazing story in itself. That is an amazing story in itself. Coming through that, you know, a baby. Nobody. Born, a baby being born at that moment in time. That mm -hmm. match. That moment in time. They said he's going to die. God said no. That's it. Uh, not this child. Not right now. No. No, 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 no. The baby was born at just when he needed it, just wow. when he needed it. And, and the thing was, it's the umbilical cord the bit that gets me. The umbilical cords got thrown in the bin and they tested it and it was a match and they took out all the cells out of the umbilical cord and sent it to the Royal Marsden and they put the cells into Kieran and he lived. When Jesus say yes, nobody can say no. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm just sitting here. I, I am lost in words. I, I'm just completely <laughs> here right now. I am just taken in the moment, thinking, just absorbing this. Oh. The miracle that's happened in this young man's life. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. It, there was one more question I wanted to ask, and I, and I should have asked you for from time. But what does the Jarrett Foundation do? <laughs> so, in short, I started to look, I went to the Gambia and and within, within when I decided to do the Jarrett Foundation, I shut down my consultancy, as I said, and within two weeks, I was in Africa. And I was in the Gambia and I looked at some schools, I went walking and I looked at some schools and I saw that they had, I was stunned, Alex, they, were, they had nothing. When I say nothing, I mean absolute, they had no books, they had no pens, they had no nothing. And the whole school was sharing one box of chalk. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't tell the last time I seen chalk. You know, and a, a child ran into the headmaster's office when I was talking to him. 
He took the chalk out of his desk drawer, took one stick out and broke it in half and gave him half a stick to take back to his teacher. They were sharing a box of chalk. And I just thought, this is nuts. And I came back and I just thought, right, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, go and leaflet every school in Bromley where I live and just ask them if they've got anything that they don't need that they can give it to me so that I can ship it out to the Gambia to, to these schools. I had no plan. I had no money. I had, I, I didn't know what I was going to, I just printed out some, some cheap leaflets and after school when I pick up my daughter, I went around and handed them out to all the schools. I just kept driving around and handing them out and didn't hear everything, but then one by one they started to come back and they go, oh, we've got we've got some books if you're interested, or we've got some desks if you're interested, or we've got some chairs, or we've got we've got some school uniform that people have not claimed. So you know, there's some shoes in there. These shoes are quite good, or you know, these bags are quite good. There's we were going to give them to the charity shop, but if you want them, and that's how it started. Fast forward, um. We had so much stuff come in <laughs> that I had to, I, had, I couldn't house it all in my house anymore. And my husband was like, Pete, and I was like, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they went stuff everywhere. The that garage was full to the rafters. So I just thought, well, I'm going to have to go. To, I went to Big Yellow and I said, Big Yellow self-storage. I said, please, you know, I've got this stuff coming in. Can you Can you help me? I just need some storage. So I talked them into it and they said, okay, we'll give you one room for six months for free. Oh, wow. I filled it in one week. Wow. So I went back to them and I said, oh, yeah, actually I've got more. <laughs> yeah, about that room, yeah. <laughs> I've kind of filled it. Can you give me, can you give me another one? They were like, they gave me a second room. I filled that in one month. This went on and on and on. In the end, I had six rooms that had free of charge from Big Yellow that were full from top to bottom, crammed with stuff. And the, everything from school bags, because I was talking now to conference centers and all the this, and hospitals were sending me sheets and, and pillowcases and this, everybody was sending me stuff. Churches were collecting stuff from members and sending them to me, everything. And then a school contacted me and said, we're clearing the whole school because we're moving to a brand new premises. You can have everything, lock, stock and barrel in the whole school. And I just thought, I can't turn this down. So I went back to Big Yellow who laughed me out of town and they just <laughs> And I stayed there and begged them and begged them. And they said, ah, oh, okay, this is what we do. We have a warehouse, but if somebody comes, you have to go, but you can use it temporarily. I said, yes, yes, yes. So we cleared the school and put it in there. As far as you could see, this warehouse was massive and it had piles and piles and piles of beautiful desks and chairs and cabinets and this and that. And, um, I said, if somebody comes though, you have to if you have to vacate the building immediately. I said, okay. Nobody came for four years. <laughs> Nobody came. <laughs> four years. Four years. Four years. Nobody, Nobody came. came for four years. We had this massive warehouse, massive warehouse. 
Nobody came for four years. In the end, we shipped up everything and we sent it to Jamaica and we kitted out 136 schools. 136 schools. <laughs> they got chairs, they got desks, they got cabinets, they got computers. The kids got clothes and shoes and books and calculators. They got laptops, they got they got everything to the fact that the government, this is how the government came in because the government started to follow me because every day I was on the news because they couldn't believe that this woman had showed up with all this stuff and was kicking out all these schools for no reason and not asking for any money. Hmm? In Jamaica. In Jamaica, yeah. So I just showed up and kitted out all these schools because they were they had nothing. Because I'd gone to I'd gone to the Gambia, then I went to Sierra Leone and we did we sent shipments to there and then I went to Jamaica. So I went there and then I saw that Jamaica was almost as bad as Africa. And and I just thought, I need to do something, you know, because they were like, we're trying to get new desks, we're trying to get chairs, we're trying to get this, you know, and we the government just have to have the money. And I'm like, the UK, we're chucking stuff away. So I just thought, well, I'm gonna I wanna do Jamaica. I'm Jamaican heritage, I'm gonna do Jamaica. So I, I thought, how am I going to pay for this? I have no idea. So I talked to my bank manager at Barclays <laughs> into helping me. So Barclays paid for all of my shipments to Jamaica, all of them, lock, stock and barrel. They paid for all of them. Big Yellow had, had, had free storage at Big Yellow. Sixth van hire gave me a van so I could pick up stuff for free. I mean, we had, I, literally, we had, we run, we ran the charity on my, I don't know, I call it £2.50. But, but, but the thing is, everything we had, we got it for free. Right. And we had loads of volunteers. And so when we got to Jamaica now, and then we, and then the warehouse in Jamaica was donated to us for free. And then um, they said like, oh, you need a warehouse? Oh, I got a warehouse, you can use it. So then, then the papers started to come, the TV started to come, the radio was following us, everybody's following us, just following us around. Then now the government's like, who, who is the Chariot Foundation? So then they come to meet us and then, then that was it. They were just like, wow. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. <laughs> All because you made a decision. All, a all because you made a decision. You outgrew where you were and you made a decision. And after you made that decision, everything just flew out of you. Everything. It does that. When you give it permission, it when does you give that. It permission. When you give it permission. You have to give it permission. Otherwise, it will just stay there. Give it permission. <laughs> and it flows out of you. Amazing. Amazing. Dr. Jarrett, I look at the time, I'm thinking, my God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. This has been phenomenal. This is phenomenal. I'm going to ask you one last question before I go right now. One last question. Okay. And this is purely for the audience out there. Purely for the audience out there who are in turmoil, who don't know what to do or unsure about their future, not sure how to bring themselves back. So here's my question. Okay. How do you, as an individual, as a person, how do you fight back? Because how do you fight back? How do you come back from where you are right now? How do you come back from the disaster, but from, 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 from where you are? How do you come back? How do you find that within yourself to come back now? 
you make the decision. You have to just decide. You have to decide, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not gonna be broke anymore. I'm not going to sit down and watch TV all night. I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going to, and, and these things, they don't cost money necessarily, especially now, I'm telling you, free stuff available online, webinars everywhere. The amount of time we do we spend sitting down complaining, but we're watching EastEnders. We're watching Love Island. What are you doing that for? Invest in you. Invest in you. What is in you? Make a decision. I'm going to find what's in me and I'm going to give it permission to come out and to thrive. And for that, I'm going to invest in me. I'm going to find out what I can feed it. You know, and then you just you just make and let until you make that decision, you're just gonna just sit there thinking, well, I would, I would, I would really do that. I would love to. If you're still in a phase where I would love to, you're not serious. You've got to get, you've got to move from I would love to to I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with being mediocre. I'm done with being average. I'm done with asking people's permission to be me. I'm done with just surviving from one day to the next. It's time for me to live. Once you make that decision, then you'll start to put other things. That's like a foundation, a foundation of a house. And then you build it one brick, two brick, three brick. It's not going to be massive decisions, you know, but the first one you make is the most important one to say. It's like a it's like a stop. It's like a stop, and you go boom. Right. From here, I'm just going to make some changes. And once you do that, you're on your way. I am done. <laughs> I am done with this mediocrity. I am done with being broke. I am done. <laughs> I am done. <laughs> I am done. Oh. Sometimes we, we look at these things and they sound so simple, but they are so profound. They're profound. They're so profound. They're life-changing. Life-changing. Once you make that decision, you can build on it. Until you get there, you're not ready. Wow. This is amazing. Dr. Pelja, it's just been a pleasure having you on the show today. You know, the stuff you've been coming out with that you I, I'm hoping that you've written a book or there's a book in the, in, in, in the background somewhere. Yeah. You know, because, uh, there's thousands of millions of people who are gonna want to read your book, you know, they're gonna read this, capture all of what you're saying in that book. Yeah. I, I hope it's on the journey somewhere. It's on the list, yes, it's on the list. It's on the list, it's on the list. It's one of the remember. <laughs> and you remember you, you can write the book on the go you know you can just take out your phone and just start talking that's right and, and just, that's right as soon as i finish my play describe it man yeah yeah when i finish my play and want to write my book <laughs> say that again when i finish my play 
I'll start my book. Yeah. When, when she finishes the play, she starts the book. Oh my God. This is all about making the decision in your life, the right yeah. decision. Folks, I'm so pleased to have Dr. Pearl Jarrett on the show today. Um, it's been an amazing time. We've um, had some great nuggets. And, you know, all good. Today's come. Today's temporarily coming again. Part two is going to come. This is part one. This is part one, right? Part one. Part two is going to come with Dr. Earl Jarrett. And, you know, there, there is so, you've said so much today. And I think after, after um, the pandemic, uh, when, when things resume, when things come to the level by which we're outside, because mm. I'm not going to say when it comes back to normal, because there, there is no normal anymore, right? Mm, that's right. When, things, when things come to we're outside again and we're going to seminars and conferences, Dr. Pearl Jarrett, ICO2, 10,000 people in the arena, 10,000 people in the arena in O2. Yeah. How to reinvent yourself. Mm. How to reinvent yourself? Because we we hear some of this sometimes, and we sit in church, and we and we and we hear things, and it's just not we're just not moving, yeah. we're just not acting, we're yeah. just not making the right decisions. For some reason, we are stuck in our own minds, and you can't mm. blame anybody else for where you are right now. You can't blame anyone. So I thank you today for this today. I thank, thank you so you. much. For today. I thank you for. For making yourself available and for doing the things you do. 136 schools you touched. 136 schools you touched. You mm. touched the bank manager. You touched Barclays. You touched Big Yellow. You touched the, the drivers. You yeah. touched so many people from just what's coming out of you. Mm. Transforming people's lives oh. just because you made that decision. Yeah. Folks, I thank you today for tuning into the Message Talk Show. It's been an amazing time with Dr. Pearl Jarrett, and we could stay here all day talking, but we can't. So we're going to go now. You've been listening to the Message Talk Show. If you believe you have a message, if you believe you have a voice and you're passionate about what you do, then join us on the Message Talk Show. If you'd like to sponsor the Message Talk Show, contact us. Thank you for listening to the Message Talk Show with host Alex Gordon.